Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, you've had a busy week between football and basketball, man. How, how are you? Oh my up? goodness. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to have like uh, every time I go to a game now, I have another game on my laptop or iPad or phone or whatever I have with me. And yeah, it's it's probably the busiest time of the year or about to be the busiest time of the year for us um, outside of magazine season because we got, I mean, this Saturday is basically going to be a work day from the office. Where we're putting together everything for state, which is going to be obviously mm-hmm. next week now. So for four days. So we'll, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right after. I'm, right I'm, after. I'm, right after football season ends or right after yeah. college football regular season ends then it's state and then it goes right, back to right. bowl games so yeah but i'm glad i'm glad it's almost here because then i could focus on basketball and like really just go hammer in this uh this season that i've kind of i've, I've been paying attention to i've you know like i said there's the there's the, there's the off game i watch but mm-hmm. not nearly as much as i usually do in january february yeah i mean like we talked about before it's like the conference season is so much easier to track because of the schedule and because you know who's playing who, um, right. and it's just so much easier. So this this yep. is the last couple. Uh, some some teams are already starting conference like in a couple of weeks. I think most of the conferences start at the end of December, but right. yeah, we're almost at that point. So, um, what it's been about five six days since our last podcast, um, and we have a on the last podcast we didn't have a lot of notable results. This time we have a good amount of results I want to talk about, but the mm-hmm. game of the week by far was Texas and Texas A&M in college station on the women's side. Um, you go get Gary Blair versus Vic Schaefer. You have all the storylines here, Texas versus A&M in any sport is huge. And especially when you get two top 15, top 20 teams in the country mm-hmm. and Texas goes in there and they put the beat down on them. I mean, I, I'm sorry for any A&M fans listening, but <laughs> Texas just went in there and there and, put the beat down on AM and I was not expecting that AM comes out. I believe it was, a, I believe it was 11 to three, 11, three started it was 11, three, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was 11, three. And then I believe Texas goes on a 24 to two run and goes up 27 to, to 13. And from that point on, it was over. And Texas, um, I, I heard this on the broadcast. I, let me, I'll look it up after the fact, but I believe it was 32 to zero on points off turnovers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, uh, Texas the, only had seven turnovers and uh, they did not give up a single point off the, of them. The absolute craziest stat. So I feel like that kind of embodied what this game was. is just Texas's tenacity just dominated the game. And then uh, Aliyah Matharu, 26 points on five and nine from three, 10 to 17 from the field. Excellent. Rory Harmon, 18 points on five, 11 shooting. Excellent. Nine assists for Rory as well. I mean, we have to – we'll get into this after the game, but yeah, is this the best backcourt in, in Texas? Like, SFA, we've talked about SFA a lot, yeah? Sure, 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 sure. 
Texas, I mean, Matharo and Harmon are playing incredible basketball right now. Yeah. And I mean, it needs to be said. So they went up 11 3 and then went up 11 3 because Rory, Rory Harmon didn't start. Right. Yeah. And so that was kind of an interesting decision. I think Vic Schaefer said after the game, it was just a coaching thing. It wasn't like anything specific because um, she came in around the five minute mark in the first quarter. Um, and that's when they went down. Uh, that's where they were down 11 to three. And you could kind of see how like the, the offense kind of stagnated a little bit. I think AM opened up in like a, like a, uh, like a matchup zone and they didn't really have anybody to kind of, you know, really get inside. Cause that's what Roy Harmon does and really initiate the offense. Uh, Joanne Allen Taylor got the start. And so she was kind of the point guard, but she's not as good of a playmaker as, as Rory Harmon. And so, or the benefit is you have them both on the court and they can both initiate. Um, and so when Rory Harmon came in, uh, they had somebody one that was aggressive on defense to force turnovers because AM really just had a bunch of open looks and just knocked down some threes early. And then they was, had somebody to push the tempo and then somebody to get looks. And that run you mentioned, I mean, that came because Roy Harmon came in and, and just basically took over and initiated the game uh, from just a, a playmaking perspective. Obviously, Aliyah Matharu did her thing scoring wise, but I think Harmon finished with nine assists um, to only two turnovers, which again, for somebody who handles the ball as much as she does, that's insane. So she played, let me see, 33 minutes off the bench. Um, and the other, the other thing is this is, this isn't like a, a healthy Texas team right now. Like Aaliyah Moore is still out. Um, I think uh, uh, Latasha Lattimore is still out. Um, I think Kendall Hunter might still be dealing with something because she hasn't played in a bit. So, like, this isn't like a healthy. They only played one, two, three, six, four, double five, digits, six. Basically. Yeah, six players. Shay Ali got in the game early uh, and hit a three, but hit two threes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was that was it. Like, it was it was a a, a short team, a short uh, a short handed Texas team that put it to an A and team that was. I mean, they had four players that shoot like forty percent from three, and Vic Schaefer was talking about how this the the AM has such a uh, a golden state warrior vibe to them with how they just like can space, you know, basically go four and one and just knock down threes with anybody on that court. Um, and so for them to weather that storm and they didn't shoot well after that, um, really they finished the game five of 17 from three. And it was because Texas was aggressive in their defense on their perimeter defense and kind of made things difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was. I don't know the ceiling of this Texas team now. Like I, I thought I did after Tennessee or after Stanford. I was like, oh man, this is a team that'll, you know, punch up with the big dogs and, you know, lose to Tennessee, right? Yeah, that's Tennessee. And now they have AM and Stanford and they played well against Tennessee. Like it's like, okay, like, is this a team that can win the Big 12? <laughs> I, you have to ask the question. And the thing is, so Destiny Pitts for AM starts the game, hits three threes early on. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of bolted them up to that lead. And like you said, they finished the game 10 of 5 of 17 from three. They couldn't get good looks the rest of the game, really. Um, yeah. And the thing that stood out to me is while we talked about the backcourt of this Texas A&M team, right, Pitts, Wells, Nixon, Hoppy, really good players, the Texas ball pressure and the play of the guards of Rory Harmon, uh, Joanne Allen Taylor, Aaliyah Matharu, and even Audrey Warren like a, as a wing type defender mm-hmm. as well, the the pressure that they put on the ball, but also their ability to stay in front of the ball is not something that is normal for, for really anybody of, of any, of any level of basketball to do that consistently. And it showed Texas A&M doesn't quite have that Rory Harmon. They have a lot of like really good guards, but they're mm-hmm. all kind of more scoring 
guards in a sense. Jordan Nixon ends up with five, five assists and four turnovers and nine points. I thought she was fine, but it's like I was waiting for someone to break down the defense. And credit to Texas, they didn't they didn't let them break them down at all. There was nothing yeah. AM could do the entire game. And then I thought in the front court, Texas won as well. I thought Lauren Ebo was was good. I thought Deona Gaston was great. Like she was fantastic. Great. Yeah. Um, and when you win the front court with the way they were the backcourt was playing. I, I, I mean, yes, Sydney Roby for AM had that stretch where they, she tried to bring him back and she did a good job there, mm-hmm. ending with 16 points. But it was just too much from this Texas team. And I was just, like you said, I don't know what to make of this team. Is this now an elite eight caliber team? Like, can, like, I don't see a team in which this defense can't bother, right? Like, you're going to have your great teams like South Carolina and what, whatnot and UConn. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you go against anybody else pretty much in the country. And I'm like, Stanford was super bothered. Um, Tennessee was really bothered. AM, that's three top 15, top 20 teams there. And Texas has just shown complete like lack of it's like they don't know that they're not supposed to be this good at this point. That's what it feels right. like. Right. Like, they're just like the freshman arrogance a little bit. <laughs> exactly. You throw Gaston yeah. out there, you throw Roy Harmon out there, Ali Mathar who transfer transfers in, and you're just like, all right, let's just go play. Like Audrey Warren already had that about her, right? Joanna right. Allen Taylor already kind of had that about her. And then you just bring in these young players and you're just like, all right, we're just going to go play and just mess you up. And the other thing is, I'm, I am concerned. I did have this in my notes too. It is not a good look for Texas A&M's defense to allow 76 points here. A&M's True. defense is pretty worrisome on that end, at least just based off of this game. Yeah. I think one of the things that I'm still – we talk about the guard play for AM and it has been really good. They've again they've shot the ball so much better than they did last year. But that goes to show, I think, what they're maybe lacking in the front court. I think that there's some that's where I'm gonna kind of be interested to see Texas against the Baylor, right? Somebody who can kind of pack the paint to where Rory Harmon doesn't have driving lanes because AM did have to sit in that matchup zone a little bit because they really didn't have a presence inside to really deter things. Um when tech when Matharu and Harmon would get inside. Um, and then, like you mentioned with Gaston and, and Ebo, like, they, you know, they, Texas kind of had the size advantage, uh, at least inside. Um, AM's guards are bigger, lengthier than Texas's, but, you know, Texas kind of has the quickness matchup there, uh, advantage there. Um, yeah, I, it kind of raises question marks about, again, that was, and that was the question mark heading into the season, right? It was like, where's AM get their front court from? Um, and I think we're still, still kind of trying to see that. I'm not, I'm not totally sure right now. Um, I know Jada Malone's been getting in a little bit more. Um, so I think, they, I think uh, Gary Blair is still trying to figure out exactly what he has in his front court. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's not a um, Aaliyah Patty played pretty well, but you know, is that somebody you can really like? You know, like it's still we're still trying to figure out who those names are that can be rebounding or, you know, defensive forces for this team. Yeah, I mean, by name, I think Patty Malone and Roby should have been able to compete with Texas on a consistent level. But I just felt like the physicality Texas played with was maybe something A&M wasn't ready for, and which isn't a good sign when you're going into SEC play. But still, it just maybe caught them off guard and Texas has already had two of these heavyweight games where they just like, all right, we know what to expect. We're going to come in here. Um, I don't remember AM schedule off the top of my head, but um, to this point, I feel like Texas, A&M, Texas is one of the more battle tested teams in the country and they kind of just knew what it took. Yeah. And another thing is and and played, I mean, SFA was their best game basically. Um, and it was probably by a good margin. Cause then you're looking at 
Pitt, Northwestern, and Little Rock really is the others as the other big ones. Um, yeah. So. So, so yeah. So this might have been one of those games where you're just like, oh, it might be the wake up call that they needed. So, um, and like I said, that you have that many turnovers, nineteen turnovers that lead to thirty two points. You're not going to win uh, any games, yeah. especially when you only force seven. Um, I will say the three point shooting of Texas continues to surprise me. Um, not mm-hmm. to say that they're not, a, they don't have some decent shooters and Matharu and Harmon and Holly, uh, Shea Holly comes off the bench two of two. That's big, but to go eight of 15 from three is incredible, <laughs> incredibly impressive. They're and shooting like, 40% on the season. <laughs> like, I'm just like, is this going to continue? Are they going to continue to be like this over, like, are they going to shoot over 35% for the season? That right. would, if they do that, if they do that, they're probably a top 10 team. Like, because right. that's right. the thing. If, if we come into continue, the season, yeah. we're like, okay, they have some like good defensive players, Warren, Alan Taylor, um, Gaston, Evo, whatever. But like, how are they going to score? And Matharo's mm-hmm. just been like, I'm going to shoot 50%. Rory's going to make her two of three or one of two. And then we're going to just figure it out everywhere else. And it's been, it's been amazing. The shot selection still like kind of worrisome. Uh, they take a lot of mid range mm-hmm. jumpers. Um, they don't get to the rim a ton unless if it's a post up and unless I was about to say, that's, that's the one concern for me right now is that they're not one, they don't get to the line a lot and two, they don't shoot the free throws very well either. And so I feel like when you get in those games, I think they shoot 64% as a team from free throws. They shot 14 to 24 against A&M. Yeah. Like it, it, again, like that's going to need to probably get better. Um, especially when you go up against the bigger teams to where, you know, if you, if you go up against Anilla Smith, like you want to get her in foul trouble, right? You want to be able to attack the lane and get her at least to make decisions on you. Um, you're going to be able to, that, that's going to be a, a big thing when it comes to those matchups. Again, because they're not always going to shoot. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to say that I don't think they're going to hold 40% from three the whole year. They could obviously, but I, they're going to have shooting slumps. And that's kind of, especially when you have a Rory Harmon who can beat anybody off the dribble you kind of hope that that's kind of the next element of her game where she can take somebody off the dribble, draw contact, finish, or at least get to the line a little bit more consistently. Yeah, she had, yeah, she shows that in flashes, um, but mm-hmm. with the way they were shooting the ball, they didn't really need to. I would say the defense right, alone, right. the defense alone is going to beat a lot of teams outside of oh, the top sure. 20. But when you get in these top 20 games, we saw it against Stanford, we saw it against um, A&M now, they shot Tennessee. the ball really, really well. Yeah. They've shot the ball really, really well um, in most of their their games against really good teams. So I'm actually to see if that holds up. Next, they got Arizona coming up on the 19th, so that's going to be their next big one. Um, Where's Arizona? Arizona, really, is Arizona is, I believe, seventh. I think Texas is up to Six. 11 now. Wow. Sixth. Okay, Arizona's sixth. So that I mean, man, Vic Schaefer's stacking up this this resume. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, trying to think if I have anything, anything else on this. Um, Gaston, like I said, they hit a lot of jumpers early to kind of stretch out the defense. Um, I mean, Liam Tharu, I, I don't know what more you could say about her. She just continues to show up right as Texas AM started to come back. Once the fourth mm-hmm. quarter came, Liam Tharu said, This game's over, and it was, yeah. So, all credit to her. That's all I have on the game. Um, mm-hmm. No, it was it was a fun one, and it just continues. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm worried about AM. Um, there are some question marks I mentioned about the front court, and but I think their guard play, similar to last year with the front court play, I think their guard play will get them through most of the season. I don't think they win the SEC, but I think that they're, I think they'll be fine. They'll be still top twenty ish. I think uh, by the time the year's over. Um, but 
I do wonder if that those front court uh, that front court production dip is kind of a is, this is a sign maybe that there may be a little bit more coming. Yeah, and I had I coming into the week I thought like Anum's kind of underrated at this point. I felt like yeah they were they have potential, and I still do think. I mean, after watching I watched LSU play Iowa State, and Iowa yeah. State I think is actually a, a good team, but I could see mm-hmm. AM playing with Iowa State very easily. Um, I think if they play Texas again, I think they play very competitively again. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, wake up call. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some other games here. Um, we both watched a good amount of uh, basketball this week. Uh, let's start with let's start with Texas State and Rice ish because oh, that's where we kind of ended our last podcast. And All I right, went back yeah. and listened to it just for fun. And yep. You know, I was watching that game. I was like, okay, Rice goes up 38 to 26 at half. You texted me Rice in all caps. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, yeah, man, Rice is doing it, man. They're scoring the rock. Texas State just mm-hmm. is in mud. They don't have Isaiah Texas Small. State. Yeah, so, they were Isaiah Small. Uh, Texas State, I think, did not make a three in the first half. Nope. Rice went 7 to 20. Um, and so, which is nuts, just seven twenty threes in the first half. Um, but they, they were, they were clicking and you're like, okay, tech state's out, you know, their best or second best player Rice is up 12. All right. I think this is, I don't want to say this is it, but it's like, okay, the things are going Rice's way, right? Texas, tech state wasn't shooting threes. They weren't really, they didn't really look comfortable. And then Rice just decided to turn the ball over every possession basically. And like, Texas State had 29 points off 17 turnovers. And they basically and they get outscored, what was it, 54-31 in the second half? And it's like, yep. what? <laughs> what? Like these Texas State almost shot 60% from the field in the second half. And I told you, like. You, need, you said Rice needed to win this game. I said Rice didn't need to lose by double digits. They didn't do either of those. They, they lost by double digits. Like, like, oh, man. They, I, I was so I, – again, I went to Texas State. Obviously, I was like, cool, they got the win. Yeah, great. You know, But I'm also like, Rice, what happened? What is going on? What, what is <sighs> – I've, I've so, I've just, I've, I've said it the entire season, but this is the weirdest thing is watching Rice. The first full game I've watched Rice. I've watched pieces yeah. of Rice, but I, this is the first yeah. time I watched Rice in a full game. And at halftime, I'm like, okay, two things. There's no way Texas State can score enough to win this game because they don't right. have Isaiah Small. And I'm like, all right, obviously they take a lot of time in the half court, anyways. Like it's not easy for right. to runs. And B, Rice, every time Rice, every time they have the ball, I'm just like, okay, Rice has players. Travis Evie, Quincy Olivari off the bench, I thought was looking solid. Max Fieler, we've gone through the roster before. Um, mm-hmm. Car- Carl Pierre looked really, really good, as expected. But And every time they have the ball, I'm like, okay, these guys can make a play. But then in the second half, it just stopped. And I don't know what happened, but it just stopped. And a credit to Texas State's defense. They're a good defense, but – Rice, mm-hmm. you're going to play some good defenses in Conference USA. I don't know if you know this. UAB is like top 50 in Kimpom, LaTeX, you go down the list, North Texas. Mm-hmm. And Rice turned the ball over time after time, and then it just looked like they gave up. And that's when the game was over. Then they started fouling, and then Tech State got in the bonus, and then they started making free throws, and the game was really over at that point. And you just felt the air go out of the team. And I'm just like, yep, there it is. There's Rice. Yeah, I saw um, 
speaking of free throws, I mentioned with AM, Texas State 22 of 24 from the line. Like, first of all, 24, they were playing at Rice. Like, this wasn't like, you know, any home court thing or something. It was like they were straight up just getting to the rim, getting fouled, and just like you mentioned it, getting to the bonus. And it was like, I'm trying to think of the second half split. Let me see. That was a lot because they got in the bonus early. They shot 22 free throws in the second half. Like, it's that's a collapse. That's a straight up collapse. Like, you're up 12. And again, I get it. Things change. You can, you know, a 12 point lead can go what you lose by 11. <laughs> like, like it's one thing to like, oh, they blew a 12 point lead and they lost, you know, by two. No, like this game swung, you know, like I turned it I off for know. three minutes, two minutes left. It was it right, was right. Legitimately done at that point. And, um, and that's what's frustrating is that this is this is a a, 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 comp- a theoretically a completed product rice team, right? This isn't like a team that's like, oh, uh, you know, next year or whatever. No, this is like next year. What, what What's happening next year? I don't want no, nobody should be talking about next year right now. Like, I just, uh, yeah. And again, well, again, we have to mention without Isaiah small, without Texas state's second or best, best or second best player. Like that's yeah. They that's the eight, crazy part. They had an 8% win probability at the end of the first half. Texas State did, according to Ken Palm. Yeah, I probably would put it at that too. I'm like, Texas State without Isaiah Small. Isaiah Small is a guy who was, again, recruited by all these teams to, to go play somewhere else, and he and he stayed at Texas State. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, their best player. Rice, yeah. to go back to your point, is a completed product. We know what they have. They added Carl Pierre to this team, and Carl Pierre has been the best player on this team. And yeah, I was about to say he's been he's been killing it so far. Yeah, and so now you, in theory, they should be even better, but somehow they have taken a significant step back from the team that beat Marshall in the NCAA, in the in the conference USA tournament last year. Like this yeah. team beat Marshall you, last year in the conference tournament, and now is getting. I'll tell you what, by Texas State, there is a fascinating stretch of games coming up this week for them fascinating. because Josh, you know who cares? Um, but now they got Houston Baptist and Incarnate Word. I mean, they probably beat Houston Baptist, but I, that Incarnate Word game is interesting to me. Um, then they got St. Te- Thomas before they play Texas, and then they, of course, get in the conference. But, like, Houston Baptist Incarnate Word, like, if they're struggling with Houston Baptist, like, then it might be panic mode, you know? Because that those two games coming up are going to be very telling for me. Because, again, this is those aren't teams that you should not be – I will take the position you took last show – and say they should not be losing those games, right? Right. Th- those yeah. are those are get right games, right? In theory, right after this game, after this loss, um, you should theoretically have four get right games with Jarvis Christian, HBU, UIW, St. Thomas. Right. Texas is going to be whatever, but those four games before that should be the games where you're like, okay, let's get back on track and get back to above 500. I, I can't guarantee they're back above 500 by the time they play North Texas. <laughs> I um I can't guarantee that we're going to talk about this Rice team before they play North Texas on January 1st because, in theory, if you win, you're supposed to win. If you yeah. lose, I don't I don't know if we're going to talk about you losing to Incarnate Word here because we've beaten this horse to a pulp. I, I've sold Rice three weeks ago. They are still out. The stock is very low. Yeah. Buy at your own risk. If you think they're going to go like 99 in conference, go ahead and buy it. But I'm out. So, all right, all right. Let's let's uh, the other men's game. We got uh, Texas Tech and Providence. Uh, we were able, I was able to get my eyes on this one. Uh, Texas mm-hmm. Tech ends up losing to Providence, seventy-two to sixty. I was able to watch most of it. 
Uh, Tech ends up going seven to twenty-three from three. Ends up ends the game with seven assists. Bryson Williams one and nine from the field, and it's really weird watching this team because it's not like the last years or the years before Texas Tech teams. Maybe last year a little bit, but I still mm-hmm. feel like even this year is another step towards it being an offensive first team and they said on the broadcast they're like mark adams wants to recruit offensive players and then turn them into defensive players and while i feel that it Mm. feels like it feels like he recruited offensive players because i don't this is going to sound bad i don't want it to sound bad but it feels like he recruited offensive players because he doesn't have a system that's cool that's comfortable for offensive players if that makes sense like yeah, no, I get the it. game with seven it. assists. It doesn't feel like there's real any flow to the offense. They're playing a bit faster than they did last year, but mm-hmm. and their defense is again a system defense. They don't have great individual defenders off of right. it because he has brought in a lot of offensive players. So now you're in this weird position where, all right, you have some talent on offense, but you can't really you know overwhelm people with it. And then on defense, mm-hmm. you have a system, but not great individual defenders. Like we talked about Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner in the front court are more offensive players. So the end result is them getting out physicaled, out rebounded. Um, Providence changed up their defense a couple times and threw Texas tech off tech was up 27 to 13, I believe in the first half and ends Mm -hmm. up going into half up 30 to 27 and then just kind of folded from there. Not folded. It was a close game, but still disappointing result. I think they, probably have more talent than Providence, but Providence isn't a bad team. So it's not a terrible loss. Yeah. It's not a terrible loss, but it it just goes to show to me, at least the kind of the confusion a little bit. Like I I said from the beginning that I just didn't expect Bryson Williams to start Mm -hmm. because I just didn't think he fit in terms of uh, him and O'Banner together. I just think he didn't fit. And, you know, he really struggled in this game. What do you go? One of, one of eight, one of seven, one of nine. Yeah. See, like I, I, and again, he's a good scorer, so I know why. Obviously, I'm not saying he can't play. I'm just saying, like, you have two scoring options in the front court. I think that just throws off the balance a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I think that there is a little bit of – because they don't really have a true point guard, right? That is like, another thing. Yeah, that's a great, great point. I'll let you expand on that. But that's yeah. something I saw yeah, in the yeah. game, too. Because like, Kevin McCullough is a lead guard, but he's not a point guard. Right. Like he's not somebody he's he's a great two guard and he can initiate, you know, especially like I think his ideal scenario was that Houston team, you know, where it's like he's not the initiator, um, but he's definitely somebody who can take pressure off. But they're kind of asking him to be the lead initiator on this team. And I don't think that works for him. Um, I think we're seeing a lot every time I feel like we've seen a team like this that has point guard issues. I remember that. Shaka Smart team a couple years ago before they got Matt Coleman in there. Um, and I remember this year, kind of Memphis is dealing with the same issues. Um, they don't have a, they don't have a point guard. And so they're, I think tech's kind of in a similar spot to where, okay, what's, you know, who, how do we get in this offense quickly? Cause if you do want to lean more on offense, okay, well, you should probably be able to get in these sets earlier. You should probably be able to push the ball or whatever, you know, at least create some, if you're a Houston and you want to create chaos, kind of, you have a point guard that can push the ball. Yeah. Um, and they don't really have either. Um, Cause they're not really a high tempo team. Um, they're, they're not exact tempo. They're what? They're 215th. Yeah. 215th. So 
Yeah, exactly. So they're not bottom tier exactly, right? They're not walking the ball. They're not Texas State or North Texas, but they're not running either. So I don't know. I, I think there is some that is something to watch. Again, Providence is really good, so I'm not worried, but it is like a little thing to put in the in the cap. Um, they get Tennessee uh, uh, Tuesday, which is you know the day after recording this, and they get Gonzaga a couple a couple of days later, which Gonzaga doesn't look as unbeatable as as they did earlier in the year. Um, so I'm, those are two games that I'm going to be really watching out for because you get a top 10 team and then a top five or three team and you kind of get to see to me, Tennessee, Tennessee is going to be able to show you your flaws on offense uh, with their defense. And then of course, Gonzaga can score with anybody, um, barring, you know, Chad Holmgren getting his act together on offense. But I think that there are some question marks flaring up i think a little bit with this tech tech lineup and i think it starts with i think they might have the wrong mix in the starting lineup and i think that they don't have a true point guard right now yep basically and the the, the interesting thing is you look at like adonis arms you look at malik wilson um you look at davion warren all those guys i expected malik wilson to probably start at the point guard spot or maybe a Davion Warren to be a little bit more of a lead guard, but they're just all kind of scorers. Mm-hmm. It feels like they just sure. have a big pot of gumbo of scores. That's what yeah. it is. That's just the, they're just throwing it all in there and seeing what works on offense. And while they, you know, put up 68 points, that's fine, but you allow 44 points in the second half. And that's not something you expect from a Texas tech team. And sure. so I just thought the physicality was a real, it, it, it struck me. It struck me that they weren't mm-hmm. able to physically play with Providence who ended up with a lot of offensive rebounds. I don't, let me see if I have the stats right here. Um, both ended up with 17 offensive rebounds in the first half Providence dominated the glass in the second half. It was a little mm-hmm. more even. So yeah, that'll be something to watch. Like you said, interesting games coming up for the red Raiders there. Let's get to a couple women's games. Um, I got my eyes on Texas tech and Georgia. But actually, first, I want to start with North Texas and SMU. Maybe it's because okay. I'm from North, North Texas. But um, I watched the first half of this game, and we we were uncertain about how good this SMU team was. We were like, okay, mm-hmm. we have no idea because they didn't play last year. They brought in two Rice transfers. You know, <clears throat> they – are going against a North Texas team that returns a lot of talent that is expected to do big things in, in Conference USA. And early on, I was like, okay, SMU can play with them. SMU's got some players. Savannah Wilkinson is a really, really solid player for them. Um, ends up with 20 points. But North Texas, I left that game feeling amazing about North Texas. Like, um, like they could win Conference USA. That's how good I think they are. Like, that – that is a North Texas team. I've seen every North Texas team the past seven years, six years, however long I've, I've, I've been there. Yeah. And this is, this is a little different. I'm not used to seeing this level of basketball here. And not only from the top end, but the depth that this team has is really, really impressive. I mean, from the guard position, Ali Gammas, uh, Quincy Noble, Jay Zion Jackson, and Amber Dixon, all four of them, I, I think are just great players. And then the front court, they have some depth with Townley Mallard. Um, uh, where'd you go? Uh, Villas Villa Gomez. Uh, you go down the list. They're a deep team. They shot the hell out the ball, 9 to 15 from three. And I think even when they don't shoot well, I think they're going to be able to score the ball pretty effectively. So, um, yeah, shout out to North Texas. 
I think they're really, really good. And I think this says more about North Texas than it does about SMU at this moment, even though SMU is not uh, not a great team this year and for the in the AAC. Right. I think we're I think we're seeing kind of the proof of concept from you know Jaylee Mitchell's building, right? Like you, you, you last year you kind of saw the inkling of it where you're like, okay, like I, I see what I see what's kind of going on here. I think who ha- I forgot who had it. I think Brett Vito mentioned that they're up to the 61st in uh, NCAA net rankings, which is like pretty nuts. nice. Um, and so I'm, I'm very fascinated. I think her hoop stats, I don't know if they have them up right now, but they were, they're up to 73 in her hoop stats rate ratings, which yeah. is again, that's, that's pretty stellar considering where we were high on the, you know, we were pretty optimistic about them, but I don't know how optimistic exactly. We knew we, they could definitely compete in the, uh, the West. Um, but I, I'm, this team's looking like they're right now that they're rated higher than 10 spots or more higher than Houston, UTEP, Tech. We we're high on Tech and they're higher than Tech right now. Like yeah. they're playing. I, I put them overall. I, I'd put yeah. them overall for all, all three of those teams at this point. Yeah. I mean, Tech is, Tech is, then we'll talk about Tech in a second, but sure. Um, no, they, they, they can compete with anybody. And I thought we thought UTEP was probably going to win the West. Or at least, you know, it was going to be a two-horse race. I mean, North Texas at this point has really impressed me at that with this result. And this is coming from a team that I was worried because they lost to UT Arlington at home. Sure. sure. UT Arlington, which we'll talk about. They're, they're looking a like a murder machine right now. <laughs> UT Arlington might just be, like, really, really good. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't have anything else on that. Just uh, saw that game, want to talk about it. Really good offense. Uh, could shoot the ball. We'll see how they do. Yep moving forward um the other game i got to watch most of i think i watched the last three quarters was texas tech and georgia uh on the women's side uh georgia ends up winning 66 to 56 and it just felt like texas tech didn't have enough firepower to keep up Mm -hmm. but i felt good about the balance that they have on this team now they uh played eight players 10 or more minutes i thought that their scoring and shooting was really distributed well. Um, Vivian Gray was back for this game. She ends up with 12 points on only six of 15 shooting, but it's good to have her back. And while they ended up only going, they ended up going 0 of 8 from three, I still think there's enough talent here for me to feel good about them going to conference play. We talked about it last week. If I thought they'd be, their ceiling was higher, I said no, and I still stand by that. I still think they're probably 8 and 10 ish, 9 and mm-hmm. 9. And, in, in conference play, but there were, there were chances for them to win this game. And I wasn't really sure. expecting them to compete with a top 20 team like that. Right. Yeah. Not yet. Um, I think this is only what Vivian Gray's third, second or third game back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, so she's still at the, she's yeah second game back. So, you know, I'm not worried. Um, she looked good though. So that was, that was a good, that's a good sign for them. Um, they had a second high, uh, second uh, was second highest on the team with 12 points. Um, six of 15. So again, I'm, yeah, you mentioned it. The shooting will be there. I'm not worried that they went oh, of eight, like bad shooting nights happen, bad shooting nights against pretty good teams happen. Um, so I think this will still, I'm still mm, cautiously optimistic about where they're probably going to end up, which is about middle of the pack and pushing to the higher end of the middle, middle pack of, um, the big 12. So, yeah. Um, all right. Thank you. That's all else they have. I think they have, they have LSU coming up on the 21st. Yes. Um, as they're one of their big uh, non-conference clashes. So. Yes, I will be covering there. That I will be there. Nice. 
Um, all right, let's roll through these ESPN style. Let's get through the men's first. I'm going to say these five. I got my five men, men's results. I did not watch, but results that are interesting nonetheless. And we can kind of give quick thoughts on them as a total or what stands out to you. SMU beats Vanderbilt 84 to 72. Zach Nuttall and Kendrick Davis both dropped 20 plus. Um, they end up with 21 plus 21 assists as a team. Then TCU beat Oral Roberts 71 to 64. Uh, Mike Miles 13 points on 5 of 18 shooting, but the depth looks like it's improved. UTSA loses to Grand Canyon 74 to 71. Honestly, a decent result for them. Cedric Alley drops 24 mm -hmm. and 11. Jacob Germany 18 and 10. AM Corpus Christi beats UTU R RGV 83 to 77. Um, I have a note here that says we're probably sleeping on AM Corpus Christi at this point, but uh, Isaac Mashila, 28 points. Uh, UTEP loses to New Mexico State. Obviously, New Mexico State's a very good team. Uh, 72 to 69, not a bad result there. What stands out to you from those five games if you had to pick a result? Uh, SMU, four game winning streak. Um, putting it slowly, putting it together, not the toughest streak of games by any means, but um, we've mentioned how they were a work in progress, just meshing that all together. They're up to 79th in Kempom. Um, I think let's say that Sam Houston, ULM, UNLV, Vanderbilt now under their under their win column, uh, Dayton coming up. So again, they're going to roll into AAC play probably on a one, two, three, four, five, six, probably on a seven game win streak because um, I don't see them. Dayton's going to be tough-ish. Um, New Mexico, I think they'll win. Then Evansville, they definitely win. So I think they're going to go at the end of this month in an AAC play on a pretty good win streak, and that's kind of what we were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Corpus, yeah, that's – I mean, they're 7-1. and one. I mean, again, not the toughest row of games, so they're not – you know, Ken Palm's not very impressed. But I still, this is a new staff um, coming in. They're, they're I don't expect a new staff to schedule tough, <laughs> and this is a program that's been kind of really downtrodden um, and in search of a new direction. So – if they go into conference play with, you know, double digit wins already, I think that's, that's a plus regardless of who they played. I mean, they've beaten IUPUI Denver UTSA by 20 or, and mm -hmm. now RGV. I mean, that's four solid wins, if nothing else from a team that last year probably would not have won many, if any of those. So sure. we were talking about UTRGV against Illinois, right. A couple of weeks uh, last week. So, you know, they put up a fight against them and, you know, uh, Corpus Christi beats them. Uh, 8377. So yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep an eye on them to, um, I did like the Drew Lutz hire. So I, I think that there was a Drew Lutz, Steve Lutz. Um, Drew Lutz is the player for uh, Lamar. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, for the women, Baylor beat Missouri 70 to 68 and Alyssa Smith puts up 25 and 17. And then the two UTA wins, UTA beats Rice 75 to 63, star Jacobs with 20 points. Then UT Arlington beats number 13, USF 61 to 56, four players in double figures. Uh, they won the game despite going 0 of 8 from three. And like I said, the starting five there is just about as solid as you can you can get in, in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you we, we hinted at it a little earlier. UTA is legit, like legit, legit. They're... Uh, you kind of have to erase that tech losses like, Oh, tech, are you little, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. They're, they probably just lost to a good team. Like, you know, like, it's not a disappointment or anything like that. It, it could just be that. And again, this is, this is Sharika Wright's really first full year really. Cause you know, she took over with like a month to go before the season started last year. So like full off season full, you know, and they're already looking really good. Like I, I I'm, 
I don't know that that Sunbelt West is going to be insanely fun with them in Texas state going at it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. That's all we got for the games this week. Um, I do have one special segment here as ish plugs in his computer here. It's called, I don't think we're going to put the music over this time, but it's called (laughs) guess the Ken Palms and I'll give you a team. These are the men's teams. So five men's teams I have here. And I'll give you their overall ranking. And then you have to tell me which is higher, their offense or their defense. And then I want you to guess like where they kind of rank in that. So okay. start okay. with an easy one. We'll start with an easy one. Uh, the number four team in Ken Palm is Houston. And what would you say is higher, the offense or the defense? A uh, defense, yeah. Come on now. Okay, yep. Correct. Ding. Uh, where would you guess the defense is at? I'm going to say top 10-ish. You are correct. Is it ninth? It's first. Really? Interesting. Houston is number one in Ken Palm on the adjusted defensive efficiency. Caught me Impressive. off guard completely. I knew they were going to be top 10, like you said, but I was, sure. number one is incredible. Considering, I mean, they were, it's weird. They were number one last year too with Baylor. That's what I remember last year. It kind of struck me that they were the number one team ahead of Baylor. And I was like, oh, okay, that's yep. that caught me off guard. So they're making, they're making uh, me look dumb. Cause I think before the season, I was like, I don't know. You lose uh, Jerome, you lose Gorham. I don't know. You know, you add some offensive weapons. So I'm looking know. at their schedule on their school side right now. I'm not on Kempong because I don't want to cheat, but they've only given up more than 50. Sorry, sorry, more than 60. One, one, two, two times two. this year. Two. That's nuts. Yeah. Held teams to 40, one, two, three, four times this year. That, that is nuts. That is, that's pretty good. And their schedule's not terrible. Like, it's, no, it's a pretty not. solid, balanced schedule. So, even that's though Oregon's cool. kind of been in the gutter, Up and Butler's down, been yeah. kind of a Virginia. We'll see. They got Alabama. They're squashing them. They're squashing yeah. them, though. No, they are squashing them. They got Alabama next week. So, we'll see how that goes. Ooh, that's going to. Yeah, we'll see if they instantly that I feel like that no matter what the defensive rating is gonna drop after the Alabama yeah. game just because of how Alabama play. 100 percent All right, these get a bit tougher. Way tougher, okay. actually. These are close. All right, oh, Texas Jesus. Tech is number 20 in Ken Palm. Which is higher? Okay. Their or which is ranked better, their offense or their defense? I'm gonna say this is a tricky one. I'm gonna say that their offense is higher. Incorrect. The defense, the defense is okay. ranked higher. The Are you trying to deceive me for a bit? The defense, see, don't, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. It's Mark Adams. It's Mark <laughs> Adams. Uh, sure, uh, that's right. 19th that's in defense, 23rd in offense. So pretty close. Yeah. Um, let's let's do this. 13th in Ken Palm is Texas. They mm-hmm. are separated by nine spots, these two ratings. Which is higher, their offense or their defense? Which is better, I guess. I mean, Chris Beard would obviously lend me to think defense, but there's a lot of offensive talent on that team. And they did play Gonzaga, which might have skewed. I'm going to go offense is higher. Correct. Yes. Wow. That was, that, was a, that was a good thought process right there. I, that Gonzaga win, I mean, they got yeah. they got their butt kicked. So I'm going to yep. say that that might have hit their exactly. defense numbers. That's definitely what it was. Uh, 16th in offense, 25th in defense. Very good. Very impressive. All right. This one's going to be you. probably the toughest. 80, 82nd okay. in Kempom, TCU. They are separated by 33 spots. Ooh. 
the two okay. two places. Which is higher, offense or defense? Oh, the toughest thing is I have not watched a single TCU game yet so far. Mm-hmm. That's right. uh, I'm gonna say I'm trying to think of the roster. I'm gonna think of I'm gonna say Mike Miles. You got Michael Peavy. You it's you offense, all? right? It is defense. Really? Okay. There you go. Interesting. There you go. Get some some nods here. Uh, 98th in <laughs> offense, which is not good at all. That, uh, is, six, that is actually bad. <laughs> 68th, 65th in defense, which is eh, okay. It's serviceable. Not mm-hmm. going to win you many games in the pack in the Big 12, but 65th is a lot better than 98th. So that is yeah, very not true. looking good for the Horned Frogs in Fort Worth. At least yeah, the they're six and one though. So. Uh, they're six. I mean, they, they didn't play anybody, but they're six and one. <laughs> oh man, yeah, y'all should just see my face when he said they're six and one. Right. Well, I'm just reading records. I'm just reading the record. I'm just stating facts, so, man. Fish. They're six and one. You say so. I will say. I will say. So December 11th, AM versus TCU. I'm gonna have my eye peek to that game because it's like, is anybody good here? I'm, 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 that's gonna uh, yeah, be my question. Not, it's like, it's, I'm gonna let you watch good? that. I'm gonna let you watch that. And then uh, Emmanuel say, Miller revenge game. Yeah, didn't we say Houston plays Alabama? I'm gonna watch Houston Alabama. You watch. <laughs> you watch that game, and we'll we'll trade notes. Said, I'm gonna keep an eye on it. I want to see. I want to see. You gotta watch it now. You gotta watch the whole thing, start to finish. Enjoy. A hey, and M's on a three game win streak, man. Hmm. Don't be hating. I'm, I'm, I, look, I, I'm telling you, I bought low on AM already. So I, I'm refusing to buy don't, at this moment. Don't, 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 don't be trying to hop on the bandwagon now. I'm, oh, so. don't worry. You got it. It's yours. It's yours, man. <laughs> now you got it. Though. You got it, bro. You got it. <laughs> All right. Last one. Uh, number three, Baylor. Which is higher? Which is better, the offense or the defense, according to Kim Palm? And talk, talk oh, to defense. it. What, what, do you, what do you think? Defense. I think their defense because I think that they bring back more. I mean, obviously the perimeter, their perimeter defenders were great last year, but I think their front court, and I think Matthew Mayer's struggling from three is scoring as well. But he's a solid defender. I'm gonna say their defense is higher. It is a tie. Both are number Ooh. six. Both are number six, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought it'd be yeah, a little bit. I guess. I mean, Akinjo shooting really well. Flagler shooting really well. Crier. And Kendall Brown's been a solid, pretty yeah. solid so far too. So and Crier, I mean, I didn't even forgot about Crier. Um, so yeah, I guess I could see him being balanced out. That is surprising though. Yeah. So hmm. there you go. Our first installment of Guess the Kin Palm, and uh, Ish <laughs> goes away. What do you What'd you get right? You got only two right. Texas got, and Houston. Oh, well, not yeah, counting Texas. Two and two. You went two and two. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Five hundred. Only I'll up take that. There. Only up from there. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for y'all this week. Um, we I don't have the future schedule in front of me right now. Actually, let me get it up to see if I have anything. Today's the sixth as when we're recording this. Yep. Uh other games of note. Uh we already talked about two of them. Uh Houston, Alabama. Baylor plays Villanova on the 12th. Um, we might do a podcast before that but we're definitely have a podcast on monday on the 13th talking about that bail people might yeah people might be listening to it but tech and tennessee do play the seventh uh wednesday so tomorrow i guess whenever, whenever you're listening to this the yes. seventh um so that'll be it that was that's another interesting test for them 
Oh, uh, they play against like, on the 18th. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that. Okay, yeah. So you got that one. You got uh, the Alabama Houston game. You got the AM TCU game. You said that's on the 11th as well. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, those are some games to look forward to. Um, yeah, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, give us a five star rating and review on Apple. Uh, check us out on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow us on, uh, you can follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And yeah, we thank y'all for joining us. Uh, send this to a friend if you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to y'all later.